Hey, I'm Danny Levy, and you're listening to Digital Transformation and Leadership. This is the show where we go behind the scenes with today's top business leaders to understand how they're digitally transforming their company. This week, I'm joined by Malcolm Harrison, Group CEO at the Chartered Institute of Procurement and Supply. Malcolm, welcome to Digital Transformation and Leadership. Good day. Yeah. So just before we... um, we get into the topic today. I thought it'd be great if you could uh, introduce yourself and uh, what it is you're doing. Sure. So I'm Malcolm Harrison. I'm the chief executive of the Chartered Institute of Procurement and Supply. Um, and our focus is all about how do we build capability in the profession. And as you can imagine, Mo, that's, uh, that's an incredibly exciting place to be. It's a really exciting profession. There's an enormous amount going on and there's a lot for us to do to make sure the profession has got the people with the right capability to address those challenges, which are increasingly challenges to society. So yeah, it's a really, really fulfilling and challenging place to be at the moment. So, so just before we get into the topic today, um, I thought we'd break the ice a little bit, and I uh, just wanted to ask you: Are you are you Team Coke or Team Pepsi? <laughs> <laughs> Danny, <laughs> you don't know me well enough. That's a that's an easy one to answer. It's got to be Team Pepsi. Okay. It's quite unusual because most most of the time people kind of default to to Coke without thinking about it. Why are you why are you in the Pepsi camp? Ah, well, two reasons. One, it's the challenger, and I always like being the challenger. Um, and secondly, I used to work for them, so that makes it easy. Okay. What what were you doing with Pepsi? So I used I I ran operations for the Pepsi bottler in the UK. Okay. A company called Brit, company called Britvic Soft Drinks. So. The topic we're going to get into today is it's a big one. Um, we're going to be talking about sustainability and, and the topic is sustainability is over, long live sustainability. Uh, and there's been a big debate around around sustainability, um, but we're going to talk about the discussion being over uh, and the debate on understanding sustainability is really no more. It's no longer a nice to have or a philanthropic uh, business initiative, it's a business imperative Uh, The reality is that we're running short of vital resources at a greater rate than we're consuming them. Wildfires, uh, droughts and and floods are a regular occurrence and we can expect to live with pandemics for the foreseeable future. So now is really the time for procurement teams to get a handle on this. So, so, I mean, it's a huge topic, very, very important. I wanted to ask you, Mark, I mean, can long lean supply chains and resilience work together? And is it about saving money or ensuring supply? So look, I, I think uh, it's always been fundamentally mm. about ensuring supply and ensuring that your supply chains are resilient. And you have to do that in such a way, Danny, that you're always focusing on value. Um, so I would always say it's more about making sure you're doing it at the optimal cost rather than perhaps too great a focus on, on, on saving money. Um, now. Can long lean supply chains and resilience work together? Yes, they can. They can. But what doesn't work is is a complete reliance on long lean supply chains, which then means that if something goes wrong, uh, you haven't got anything close by. And and, and the the pandemic's taught organisations an enormous amount. I think some organisations have found themselves with long lean supply chains, very low cost, very efficient, but they weren't carrying a lot of stock because they were so confident in those long lean supply chains. And then when your long lean supply chain breaks and you haven't got stock, well, 
you end up shutting your factory down and or end up not satisfying a, a consumer's need. And I always remember from uh, my early days in business, one of the things I was taught is the most expensive thing you can ever buy is the item or the good or the service which either doesn't arrive or when it doesn't arrive, it doesn't work. Um, because then you end up not producing a, a good or a service or a product to your customer, you lose a sale, and that's that's the highest cost you can ever have. So let's let's talk about risk and sustainability. Uh, I mean, they're intertwined, and they're a business imperative to attract customers and consumers and in, investors, employees and citizens. I'd I'd love to get your thoughts a bit more around this 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 topic and unpack that with you. Yeah. So look, this 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 to me is is one of the, the biggest changes that we've seen over the last 20 years. Um, and to me, it's all been driven ultimately by consumers. And I think that's really, really coming home to roost now with the next generation, younger consumers, younger people, because they're really voting with their feet in terms of who they're going to work for, who their employer will be, the, which brands they're going to buy um, and, and they're saying look I'm going to look at how a company operates I'm going to look at their ethics I'm going to look at all their views on sustainability I'm going to look at what they're doing to tackle climate change um, and that's going to influence my decision on who I work for or who I buy products from um, and that, to me, is, is a real um, sea change. Um, yeah, and that's why I say, for me, sustainability, the debate is over. Sustainability is absolutely core now. Um, and if you're any organisation, you have to really think about what am I doing to ensure that I am building and maintaining uh, sustainable supply chains. And then, Danny, the other change that's come through, not in the last 20 years, but much more recently, has been investors, where you've got investors, I mean, it's like some of the biggest investors in the world, are now saying, hey, um, we're going to invest in part, we're going to make our investment decisions in part based on um, how that organisation is addressing climate change and sustainability issues. So you've got a pretty heady mix there. You've got the, the individual as a consumer saying, um, who do I buy my products from? You've got the individual as an employee saying, who am I going to work for? And then you've got the individual as an investor saying, who am I going to put my money into? And in all three of those, they're saying, sustainability, tackling climate change is an important reason why I will buy or I won't, I will work for, or I won't, or I will invest, or I will not. That's pretty important to society. Completely agree. I think there's, there's a lot of issues now, right? I mean, there's the sustainability issue, there's, there's things around diversity and, and many more. And you see sometimes brands may be trying to be everything to everyone, uh, you know, from a consumer standpoint, from an investor standpoint, as you mentioned, and, and more. And sometimes then they get it wrong. They're trying to do too many things. Any, any kind of thoughts around how you just kind of hone in and make sure the message is very clear so that people really do know what you stand for and, and, and will then resonate with that? So um, I think that depends a bit upon the industry, the sector that you're in. I mean, it, it's a very different story if you're in consumer goods 
compared to if you're in um, oil extraction, yeah. um, primary resources. So you have to, you, there is no um, one size fits all solution here. Um, and I would always say that context is incredibly important in terms of sustainability. Um, so there may be some, some 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 basics and some basics you say you've always got to get right in terms of yeah eliminating modern day slavery from from your supply chains. Um, in terms of thinking about how do you uh, conserve resources, how do you reduce waste? Um, but for others of other aspects, it will depend upon the supply chain, Danny. Uh, so I'm I'm not going to sort of sit here and say to your audience yeah that there is there is a there is a single cookie cutter approach that works. What I will say is think about your organization, your sector, your supply chains, and think about what are the issues which are important in those supply chains to ensure they're being set up and then managed in a sustainable way. That's great advice. So, uh, when you, and when you look into your own organization, you look at your supply chain, who should you be speaking to as well? I mean, is it is it your suppliers? Is it your internal stakeholders? Is it your customers? Should you be getting that kind of feedback? And, and yeah, you know, yeah, how should you be doing yeah. that? Well, yeah, yes, 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 <laughs> yeah. And that, and that and that again is one of the things that makes this such an exciting and such a challenging profession today. Mm. Uh, because yes, you should be talking to your internal stakeholders. Um, yes, you should be talking to your customers, and maybe you do that through your sales team um, who have those relationships with your customers, but yes, you should be talking to your customers. Um, yes, you should be talking to your suppliers. Um, so so it, it is all of them. It is it is about understanding the, the complete ecosystem. It is about understanding those different perspectives, those different views, and then addressing those in terms of how you're establishing your supply chain um, to be able to um, tackle climate change, meet sustainability issues, um, reduce your costs, uh, more efficient use of scarce resources. We've been talking about quite a lot about consumer goods, and I guess as somebody used to make them, then it's no surprise with me. But think of something completely different. Think of batteries. Um, and we all know that battery technology and battery technology is going to um, advance significantly for us to be able to make use of energy from natural resources uh, because natural resources you know, the wind the sun they, they don't blow or shine 24 hours a day um, and therefore you've got to be able to extract that energy and then store it and batteries are, i think are critical to the future so how do you set up supply chains for constructing batteries which are done in a sustainable way and what are some of the issues you need to think about you know i think of a company like johnson matty i think have done us are doing a superb job in terms of looking at what are the rare earth metals that they're going to need where are they going to get those from how are they going to make sure that the metals are being extracted in the right way how are they going to make sure that there's a lot of what they um, a lot of the, the primary materials they use come from places like democratic republic of the congo so how are they going to make sure that uh, that um rare earth metals coming from as far away as that are being you know properly extracted there is no child labor no modern day slavery um, inside anywhere um, 
And at the same time, they want to introduce new technology to be able to use things like lithium in a much more efficient, sustainable way than they were before. Yeah. You can't do that if you're not talking to the scientists, um, as well as talking to your suppliers, as well as to almost certainly talking to governments as well. It's, it's, a, it's as I say, it is a really, really exciting and um, heady mix of relationships that as a modern procurement and supply professional, you've got to be ready to deal with. And, so, and again, I mean, it, you've got to be having lots of conversations. Like you said, your ecosystem is very important, lobbying at many different levels. Again, just, just looking more internally, I mean, is this going to be on the, the CPO, the head of procurement internally? Are they the ones that you really see as having to be the champions in terms of moving the needle and driving things forward? Or uh, is it a collaboration? Does it fall onto somebody else? Uh, I just wondered if you had any, any thoughts around that. Yeah, so look, I, th- I think ultimately it is a collaboration within an organization. However, many of the challenges, and particularly the ones that we're talking about, are going to exist in your supply chains. Um, and, and in some ways, it's, you, know, you could say it's easier to sort of control a bit internally because you can get your hands around it. You, 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 you know what your employees are doing, where your factories are, what... what uh, uh, your service delivery um, um, agents are involved in, whereas those supply chains, particularly those long, lean, deep supply chains, are much more complex, and that's where there are potentially more risks in terms of reputational damage or opportunities in terms of embedding sustainability. And those long, lean supply chains, or those supply, those long supply chains. Uh, yes, that is the responsibility of your chief procurement officer and and her or his team um, to make sure that they're setting those up in the right way. Uh, but you can't do it in isolation, Danny, because ultimately these are issues for an organisation, not just for the procurement and supply function. So it's collaboration. And I see the chief procurement officer taking an absolutely leading role in um, addressing those issues within their supply chain. But again, it depends on the business. You know, there are some businesses where the chief procurement officer is no longer called chief procurement officer. Um, She or he is now called the chief procurement and sustainability officer. And that is almost certainly because those are organisations, they tend to be consumer organisations, where they know that the consumer is already um, voting with their wallet in terms of saying, I'm not going to buy products in that company unless I'm confident about their sustainability credentials. And if, if, you're, if you're maybe a little bit more, more junior and, and you're listening to this and, and you feel that you know, your CPO or your CPO and sustainability officer or whoever maybe is in the C-suite or above you should be should be doing more. Is, is there a is there a way that maybe the that person could could champion or, or help to drive change or make it kind of more important in the the senior stakeholders' mind to kind of get, I guess bring this up at the table? Well, hey, look, I'd be a bit worried these days if I work for an organisation. <laughs> if I work for an organisation and the senior people weren't thinking about yeah. sustainability, I'd question why I was working for that organisation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and social media these days is all over the place yeah. in terms of the issues around climate change, around sustainability. Um, so I, I I understand what you're saying. Yeah. I kind of think those those days are over as well. Mm. You know, I think that this is a 
a topic which is absolutely um, at the top of everybody's agenda these days. Mm, mm. Or maybe you just think that the company could be doing more or, or could be making more of an impact. Maybe they are already doing things they could make more of an impact, though. Yeah, well, then, then you know, I would hope that, that, that there is always the ability for you to challenge within the organization. Um, you know, I've, I, as I said, I think at the, the beginning of this this uh, this, this uh, podcast, you know, I've always been a great believer in, in being a challenger um, because I think the, the, the way you drive change and the way you improve things is by challenging. Um, so if, if you're working in an organization and you want to challenge, then, yeah, yeah, you should be able to have those conversations with your leader yeah, in a fact-based way, but looking at what the issues are to society. And I go back to what we were saying earlier on. There is nothing more important than the consumer, the employee, or the investor. Um, and you have to listen to what the employee, the consumer, or the investor is saying. And if they're all saying, make sure you're focusing on, on sustainability, make sure you're focusing on mitigating the risks in your supply chain. Um, I think you've got a pretty strong basis to be able to talk to whoever you like in your organization and say, hey, we need to be doing this a bit better. And are there any kind of very specific capabilities you think you need in your in your team, in your kind of procurement, your supply chain team, um, just to be able to address the sustainabilities? Yeah, that's, that, that, is, that is a really, really good question. Because um, there is no doubt that the um, challenges which are being put on to the procurement supply profession today are greater than they've ever been. And it does require a much broader set of skills. So what I mean by a broader set of skills, you need to be very inquisitive. Uh, you do need to have some of those challenging skills so you don't take everything at face value. Um, you do need to have the the right um, analytical approach. You do need to be able to gather information, gather data. You need to be able to get people to work together collaboratively. So you need perhaps the right influencing skills, the right to personal skills, uh, to be able to, to, to get organizations to work together. These are complex supply chains. Um, and yeah, we were talking earlier on about the fact that you might be having to influence governments, you might be having to work with agents, you might be having to um, to, to work with a, a whole host of different bodies. Um, and you need good communication skills, um, good change management skills, you need to be persuasive, you need to be able to influence to bring all of those together. And that and that's in addition to those core supply chain skills of yeah, how do I ensure that I've got the right items of the right quality arriving in the right place in the right time and doing all of that at the, at, at, at the right cost. So those traditional skills, you still need those, no change there, but you need all of these. They might, you know what? These are much broader. These are much broader business skills, um, and I think the traditional procurement and supply professional may be focused very much in their much narrower area. Whereas today, what you need is a broad suite of business skills to be able to manage the, the challenges and and and. Uh, and the opportunities and to drive the change that is necessary for supply change to be truly resilient and sustainable. And that's why it's so exciting. That's why it's such an exciting profession. And if I, I look forward 20 years, I think you're going to see more leaders of organizations having 
started their careers or had a big part of their career working in procurement and supply because it is so integral to the function of organisations and indeed of society today. They're really driving organisations and society forward. Very exciting, as you say. What an exciting profession. Um, Malcolm, I've loved talking about uh, sustainability with you. Is there is there one point or maybe something you'd like to leave the listeners with just around this, this big, very big topic just before we, we move on to the life and career lesson? I think the most important thing to realise about sustainability and about climate change is that this is this is a real crisis for the planet this is about ensuring the the future generations are going to have uh, the right um, access to the right resources for them to be able to thrive and grow in the way that we've all been lucky enough to do Um, and therefore this is not a quick fix when you're going to be taking decisions about your supply chains and putting in place supply chains which you might not be able to address everything in one go but you have to keep moving forward you have to keep embracing new technology you have to keep um, embracing new suppliers um, um, new ways of working Um, and as i would think i would probably say to any procurement and supply professional the the best supply chains the best professionals are the people that believe that however good they are there's always a better way and they're always looking for that better way so never be complacent um, never think that you've you've got to perfection because the best ones are always looking to be even better perfect way to end that i think absolutely perfect or you've always got to be looking to improve and have that real growth always learning mindset uh, to, to make sure everything is moving forward in the right direction um now we come to the challenging part, Malcolm. I'm going to ask you about the, the life and career lesson um, that you'd like to share with our, with our listeners just to round off. I would probably start by saying that it, it, it is first and foremost about delivery. Um, and you have to build a reputation based on delivery. And it's not about time in job. It's about that consistency of delivery. And one of the things I've seen in my career is the people that tend to move on most quickly seem to the people who have this ability to deliver in jobs really quite quickly. And therefore they've delivered, they've built a reputation for delivery, they get another opportunity to deliver again, and so on and so on. So I think building um, and that, that reputation of consistent delivery is first and foremost uh, the thing that, 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 you should, that you should focus on. And then perhaps the other one that I would leave people with, and this is perhaps a more difficult one, is I think the importance of speaking truth under power. So in other words, um, if the facts are telling you something which might not be quite what your leaders or the organisation wants to hear, but you are absolutely sure about those facts, then have confidence in the facts um, and make sure that your organisation knows about the facts and knows about the implications of that in terms of uh, what, what, what might happen to your supply chain or the risks that they might bring, the shortage of supply, the potential reputational damage. Because if you don't raise those issues and then yeah, a week, a month, a year later they get raised and it's a big issue for your organisation, I don't think you can ever forgive yourself 
for not speaking truth unto power at the time when you could have done two two massive things there so always focus on on that delivery on doing what you're accountable for and that consistency uh, and don't be afraid to speak the truth to power and rely on the data because if it comes up later you won't forgive yourself absolutely and hey it's a really exciting profession because if you think about it you're in a, in a, in a, in a you're right at the, the, the heart of an organization you're dealing with issues that are important to society to consumers to employees to investors you're, you're in a job which allows you to focus on delivery 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 um, and you're going to be uh, privy to or understanding issues in your supply chain which can have a fundamental impact on your organization I think that's an incredibly exciting place to be. Malcolm, I've really enjoyed the conversation today and uh, I've loved talking through this very, very important topic and, and, and getting um, having you share some of your, your wisdom from your career with our listeners. How, how can people get in touch if they want to find out more? So look, several ways you can get in touch with us. I mean, you can always find us at sips.org, so C-I-P-S dot O-R-G. Um, you can always find me on LinkedIn and there are various SIPS um, feeds on, on LinkedIn. Um, or if you're a SIPS member, um, if you go onto our website and you look at our intelligence hub, there's a wealth of information on there in terms of um, what's happening in the profession and what is the latest and most up-to-date techniques or information that we continue to make um, available to our members. And if you're not a member and you want to find out more, we'll go to sips.org and um, I'm sure there'll be somebody that would like to show you how you can get yourself qualified or become a fully qualified procurement and supply professional and SIPS got all the training material to be able to help that. Wonderful. Malcolm, thank you very much once again for joining me on Digital Transformation Leadership. I've really enjoyed the conversation. Thanks very much, Danny. You've made it to the end of another episode of Digital Transformation and Leadership. If you're enjoying the show, please do leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. No need to leave a written review. Just clicking on the five stars is enough. I'd really appreciate it as it helps the show get found and it helps those listener numbers grow. And we'll be back again next week when we will again go behind the scenes with another top business leader to understand how they're digitally transforming their company. The Digital Transformation and Leadership Podcast is a Blue Aurora Media Production.